What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And this is the final episode of the preseason, right? So the, the this is officially episode 35. Um, I'm so excited about the season. But before I get into this episode, I just want to thank everyone that's come along this way with me, listening, DMing me, texting me, calling me, uh, you know, people in person that I've seen that actually reach out to or basically tell me that they listen to the pod. Uh, I want to thank everybody, obviously, um, you know, not doing this pod for fame or or for, you know, for monetizing or anything crazy like that. Um, I love doing the pod. I love talking to you guys. Uh, love giving out information about basketball. It's just an escape for me um, to kind of get out all the information that I take in. Uh, because I watch so much basketball, I watch a lot of pods, I listen to pods, um, I just take in a lot of basketball information, and I watch a lot of games, and uh, you know, it was cool, you know, I, I've I've just a kind of like an, an intro, uh, in a way, before this season starts, um, you know, I've been told by a lot of people over the years uh, to do a pod, to do a show, to do something, you know, related to basketball, because a lot of times I, w- I would always be with my friends and, um, you know, they would ask me what I think about some things. And I enjoyed explaining things to even people that maybe don't watch the games like that. Right. They don't really watch or listen to shows, pods, not really like they, they kind of like they'll watch like the, the mainstream games and things like that. And and, um, you know, I always enjoy talking about basketball. I don't really know anything about other sports at all. Uh, basketball is really the only sport that I follow. Um, and I love it, you know, so, um, but yeah, you know, I didn't want to get, you know, too distracted or go on a tangent or anything like that, but it's been a nice ride so far. Um, I feel like 35 episodes is a good, uh, practice. <laughs> it's a good warm up for the regular season because now it feels pretty natural to me, uh, to just jump into these pods, get in and record, get my information, get my notes and all that good stuff. This episode is going to be, it should run pretty quickly. It's going to be just me looking at the betting odds for Rookie of the Year, for Coach of the Year. Um, Yeah, Uh, basically the NBA awards, right? Um, So yeah, let's get right into it. So we've got... NBA awards odds 2022-2023 season obviously I'm looking at Vegas Insider and this is it's there's a lot to take in there's a lot of storylines there's a lot of narratives there's a lot of just a lot of information a lot of things have happened in this offseason I feel like this has been a pretty crazy active offseason right that's going to really just just shape the way some of these bets are, right? Uh, I'm looking at just, so number one, right? I'm on this Vegas website. I'm looking at the NBA MVP odds, right? For this coming season. Uh, Luka Doncic is number one at plus 450. Uh, We have Joel Embiid at plus 500. Giannis at plus 525. KD, obviously Kevin Durant, plus 1,000. Nikola Jokic, plus 1,000, right? Those are the five. Now, the way I'm going to do this episode is so I don't break my head, right, doing this. I'm not going to give you um, anything outside of what these five 
each each one of these listed players on these awards, I'm basically gonna give you my thoughts on out of the people they listed on these on these higher odds are the ones I'm going to be talking about. It's just a lot quicker. It'll be you know simpler also. Um, and if I think that there's someone outside of that list, then I will jump in and and give you that right. Like if I believe. That there's someone not named on these. Because it looks like these lists all name about five people. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It looks like... Yeah, yeah. So, they're naming five people on every list. So, yeah. So, if I feel like there's someone outside of the five that I feel like would win the award, I'm going to give it. Right? Uh, but anyways. So, yeah. That's the list. Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Giannis, KD, and Jokic. Right? Now, I'm going to scrap KD off the bat. Right? I don't think Kevin Durant can win MVP. Uh, not because I don't think he's a good player. That's absurd. Um, it's because, you know, you know, injuries. He's on the older side of his career. There's probably going to be some mixed in rest days, you know, things like that. Um, they're trying to gel as a team, trying to get Ben Simmons involved and things of that nature. They're kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, though, you know, because Kevin Durant could be pissed off, <laughs> you know, Um just being talked about a lot in the offseason. A lot of that was due to his own fault, though. Let's be honest about that. Um, but yeah, I can I'll scrap KD because I just feel like MVP is it's an award that's gonna be given to Kevin Durant. The stats are crazy, right? He does a lot of things, but you know, I think it's it's just it's really hard for me to put KD up there. I just think that just the age right? It's, that's going to be a factor. You know, I don't know that he's going to play a bunch of games, right? Uh, so I'll scrap KD from this list. Nikola Jokic, right? I see him here, uh, fifth on this list. He has the same odds as KD plus a thousand. Now that's because he's won it back to back, right? Hasn't, uh, so we don't know, can he win a third time in a row? <sighs> you know, it's crazy to see that his odds are so low, but I'm going to say this about the odds. Nikola Jokic is going to get his weapons back around him, plus some, right? We're talking about KCP is now on this team, right? Two-way guy, three-point shooter, vet, champion, knows his role, plays hard. He's going to be very valuable, solid role player for them. Obviously, uh, Ish Smith, who has made the rounds on social media, a couple of highlights. He's been really good. I talked to you guys about Ish Smith. Uh, being a good addition to this team when I was breaking down the teams. Uh, obviously, just a old-school type of uh, point guard, right? Kind of like a pass-first guard type guy, but definitely pushing towards the scoring now a little bit. Um, not a great shooter, but he's a guy that protects the ball. He is another guy that knows his role. He's going to bring value to this team. Michael Porter Jr.'s back. Um, you know, hopefully he's healthy. Um you know, Jamal Murray's back. Hopefully he's healthy. You know, so Nikola Jokic won MVP without those guys. And now he has them back, which means um, they could potentially fight for a one seed, two seed, three seed, right? They could be like a top three seeded team. And Jokic coming off of back-to-back -back MVPs, if he locks a top three seed, um, going to be hard to argue against him winning a third MVP. Now, people are going to say, oh, it's voters fatigue. Right? Like they lose interest. They don't want to vote again. Well, he won it back to back already. Right. And uh I feel like if if the if the if the Nuggets uh take a top seed in the West, man, he could 
he could really win a third MVP. You know, that's a, it's interesting to see his odds so low. You know, I don't know, not sure about that, especially with the team he has. Maybe, maybe people are thinking, oh, well, his team is a little more stacked, so his job's easier. You know, that could affect him as well. Um, but, you know, Giannis, solid pick, right? Revenge guy. Uh, it's a revenge season. You know, he was tearing up international before getting eliminated early. Um, but, you know, a guy that just takes the reins, puts the team on his back defensively, offensively. He has improved a lot. Um, you know, Giannis can definitely win MVP. Um, you know, you have the Joel Embiid factor, right? I'm just giving you guys the rundown before I make my pick. So uh, you have the Joel Embiid factor, right? That just He's come second place in MVP voting two years in a row, right? The closest race was just last year against Nikola Jokic. And, you know, Embiid has made the case saying, you know, um, either guy was was the correct pick. So he wasn't throwing shade at Jokic. Um, but he did say that he doesn't know what else he has to do to win an MVP. Now, I have mentioned before, Joel Embiid should stop worrying about regular season MVP and go for the MVP that matters, which is the finals MVP. Now, Joel Embiid's odds are higher than Giannis's. Um, I think that's a mistake. Um, and I'll say this, because Giannis is most likely just going to play more games than Embiid. So that's a big factor for the voting. People care about that. You know, believe it or not, people care about number of games played. It's it's a fact. It's a it's it holds value, it holds weight, it matters. And you know, we don't know. You know, Joel Embiid injury history guy, he's been healthier than in the past. Um obviously dominant. We're not talking about the lack of ability, right, when he's out there. It's about will he stay out there? You know, avoid injuries, play a lot of games. Um you know, his team's a little more stacked now. They've got some more help. You know, hopefully James Harden healthy. You know, Tyrese Maxey hopefully takes a leap. He's looked really good. Um, you know, um, uh, Tobias Harris, who knows if they end up moving him or if they just keep him as an extra uh, piece to the team. You know, uh, P.J. Tucker is going to take the load off of Harden defensively and also spread the floor for these guys. You know, corner three guy, uh, multiple position defender. Luka Doncic is here at number one, plus 450. Clearly... The odds have gone up for him, uh, especially because he has been in the race for a little bit now, for a couple of years, and Jalen Brunson is no longer on the team, which means he will have a bigger responsibility. He, I would argue the team, I think, is probably a little deeper than before. Um, I think so. You know, Christian Wood, uh, JaVale McGee, he's got rim protection. He's got uh, floor spacers, um, other guys like Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is back in the mix. Hopefully he stays healthy. I don't know. You know, more responsibility for the role, guys. Uh, more responsibility for Luka. He could pad a lot more stats. Um, having a little more um, spread out, you know, the ball kind of being a little more shared. Because clearly Jalen Brunson shared a lot of responsibility with Luka in the backcourt. And he's no longer on this team. So people are probably banking on Luka just completely stacking. Just stuffing the stat sheet, right? So... I'm going to make my pick off these five guys. I'm going to... It's really hard because I don't like voting for guys that have already won. Because, as we know, people don't like, for whatever reason, they don't like voting the same guys over and over. But I think I'm going to go with Giannis. Okay, I feel like there's a lot of tanking teams in the East. Uh, Victor Wembenyama is causing a lot of teams in the West to probably start tanking as well earlier in the season than it's going to be expected. 
so, you know, and Giannis is not, he does not care if he's playing the Magic. He doesn't care if he's playing uh, the Pistons. He doesn't care if he's playing the Spurs, the Jazz, the, you know, whatever it is. He is, when he's out there, he's out there to win games. This guy doesn't take his foot off the gas. He wants to play every game. He wants to play just 100% every game. I can't. I can't I can't take it away from him. I will bet on Giannis. The defense, the offense, the mentality, just, you know, the availability. You know, guy doesn't get hurt. He's basically bionic. He's like a machine, you know, very reliable. Just, you know, just a super reliable guy. You know, so that's my pick for MVP. Um, I do have Giannis up there, so that's my pick. Uh moving on to the next one, the rookie of the year odds. This one is very interesting because, well, they're all interesting, so I don't want to have to repeat myself every time. Uh, but yeah, this one is cool. You know, uh, Paolo Bancaro, uh, big lead. He's at plus 180. And then it's Keegan Murray, plus 550. Jabari Smith Jr., plus 550. Jaden Ivey, plus 550. And my guy. Uh, I am sad that Chet Holmgren's not on this list. Obviously, he's out for the year, so we won't talk about Chet. Um, but Ben Matherin is last on this list, plus 1,100. I like those odds. Um, bang for your buck. You know, a lot of people probably not betting on Ben Matherin. Um, and I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and scrap Jaden Ivey from this one off the bat um, because... He is sharing responsibility in the backcourt with Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is the lead man on this team. He is the face of the franchise as of right now. You know, I'm not a guy to make, I don't, I don't establish things, especially uh, if we don't, you know, guys are young, uh, teams are bad and things change very quickly in the NBA. We know that. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is Cade Cunningham's team forever. I don't do that kind of stuff. But as of right now, it is Kate Cunningham's team, um, and this team, uh, you know, lives and dies by Cade, right? This is his team right now. So that being said, Jaden Ivey's responsibility will be big on the team as the secondary ball handler in the backcourt, um, but Jaden Ivey, to me, sharing a lot of responsibility with a, with a future, with a rising star in Cade, that could take away from his ability to put stats up, right? So I'm scrapping Jaden Ivey off the bat. And I will say this about Jaden Ivey, amazing talent, crazy potential. I talked about Jaden Ivey a decent amount on the pod, uh, watched him a lot at Purdue. I watched him at the U19 FIBA basketball, uh, the international games. Jaden Ivey's special, you know, he's going to be just, I mean, this whole list is crazy, right? Uh, Jabari Smith Jr., this one, I have flip-flopped on Jabari Smith Jr. in terms of rookie of the year. Right now, here I am again, and now it's fi finally time to make a choice today on this episode. So Jabari Smith Jr. is a two-way, 6'10", just sharpshooter, defender, can guard multiple positions. He can get out and run. He's lanky. He's strong. He's pretty quick. He's not the most athletic, uh, but he's definitely reasonably athletic, right? Not a freak athlete by any means, but... He can move, you know, definitely very mobile, just a typical modern 6'10", but, but not, I would, I want to argue that we haven't seen someone like him either in that sense, right? Because of the ability to guard multiple positions, 
and also sharp shoot from such deep range, you know, uh, no hesitation, the fadeaways, the mid-range post-up scoring, you know, it's, he's got a lot, he's got a lot, he just can't handle the ball, his ball handling is very bad, um, you know, but that hopefully will improve down the line, so the reason I say I flip-flop on Jabari Smith is because he, he's gonna be on a team that can be very selfish, you know, very shot-chucking team, um, so his defense is going to have to be uh, what helps him shine in Rookie of the Year. Because, yes, he is going to shoot some shots, right? But if he's missing, and he is relatively streaky, guys, didn't have a great summer league. Had some flashes, but wasn't a good summer league, in my opinion. Uh, it was a good summer league for him defensively, but not in, not in terms of offense. It was not very efficient, not very good. Uh, he was just streaky, probably getting used to the game. Uh, some games he wasn't being involved by the team. Some games they pushed him too much, uh, like to give him the ball, and even in situations he wasn't comfortable. Uh, but yeah, so I won't pick Jabari because, man, you know, this is a rookie on a team with, uh, you know, Jalen Green, right? Love Jalen Green. But, you know, it's basically his team to run at this point. Um, you know, obviously Kevin Porter Jr., right? You could argue it's his team to run as well. These are two guards that are ball dominant. Um, and they like to score. <laughs> they don't exactly, they don't, they're not exactly playmakers, right? So Jabari Smith's going to do a lot of corner standing around, running back and forth, maybe crashing the boards, um, you know, things like that. So I don't think the stats are going to be crazy for Jabari to win rookie of the year. So I'm scrapping Jaden Ivy. I'm scrapping Jabari Smith. And now I'm looking at Keegan Murray, right? Um, I think Keegan Murray has better, has a better chance than Jabari and Jaden Ivy. Uh, but I'm also going to scrap Keegan Murray. Now, I mentioned when I was covering Summer League, potential Rookie of the Year candidate, but I also mentioned he's on a team with a lot of young names, like a lot of good young names, uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, uh, Davion Mitchell, um, who else am I? I'm not looking at the list of these teams, it's just off the top of my head, um, you know, Harrison Barnes, uh, Rashawn Holmes, you know, there's a lot of names on this team, you know, Kevin Herter. There's, there's a lot of names, you know, and so I feel like when you're on a team that's uh, in relative terms, deep, right, in terms of a lot of young names, a lot of good names out there, um, not stars, but they've got some names. And so, you know, his responsibility will be limited. And I mentioned Ke if Keegan Murray wins Rookie of the Year, it's because with the limited amount of opportunities, he cashed out the most, right? So like he's a very efficient player, so he could very well do that. Um, because he could score a lot with limited possessions. So he's going to have to be really efficient to win Rookie of the Year. Um, and yes, he's capable, but I do feel like he's on a team that's relatively stacked, right, for a rookie jumping on a team. So yes, I'm scrapping Keegan as well. Paolo Bancaro at plus 180. This one is probably the safe bet, but the problem I'm hearing around on podcasts, on channels... Um, and all over the place, really, where I get my content, um, a lot of people are saying similar things that I also wonder, right? Um, and that exact question is, how are the Magic going to use Paolo? Is he going to be a point forward? Is he going to be, uh, are they going to just let him run offense? What's going to happen, right? Because we know Franz Wagner is also uh, a big, uh, not a big, but he's like a big forward, right? And so kind of similar in the sense. So, you know, it's interesting 
how much responsibility is Paolo going to get? Now, I will say this. In Summer League, it was his team. <laughs> it was his team, and he was great in Summer League. Now, he only played a couple of games, um, hurt his ankle. He They kind of rested him because they saw everything they needed to see. He dominated when he was out there. So if you want to be safe, I guess you bet Paolo, right? If you want to be safe. But I'm going to argue, who knows how they use Paolo? You know, Paolo... He's a team player, you know, and so he could fall in that backseat kind of mentality at times, right? Where he wants to kind of uh, help the team get points, right? Whereas he's not necessarily going to put his head down and say, give me the ball. I'm just going to score every possession. I don't get that from him. Um, and so, but he could still pat the stats because he could, he could rebound easily. He can, he can get some buckets. He can get some easy buckets compared to a lot of these prospects. Um, so Paolo's a good bet, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take the surprise pick. I'm going to take Ben Matherin as rookie of the year. Now the odds are 1100. So obviously not great. Um, but I'm telling you guys right now, this is the type of alpha guy that you want to bet on. If you want to bet on an alpha to win rookie of the year, like someone that's going to say, give me the ball. I'm going to put this ball in the basket. I don't care how many shots it takes. I don't care who is guarding me. You know, he has talked a ton in the off season and he has had big games in preseason. He's had big games in, in, uh, in college. He's had big games in summer league. He had big games in in the U19 FIBA for Canada. He's a Canadian player, by the way. Uh, this guy's a stud. He reminds me, I might change my evaluation, but he reminds me of a J.R. Smith. Like a modern day J.R. Smith. You know, watch him and you can send me an email at atbpodmail at gmail.com. The link to that email is always, always in the show notes. Um, so you could send me an email there and let me know what you think of Ben Matherin. He's my guy for rookie of the year. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I trust the mentality. I trust the skill, the ability. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be my sleeper rookie of the year pick. That's my guy. I'm taking Ben Matherin. Uh, let's move on. So NBA defensive player of the year, right? The one that's, it's, it's, I would say of all the awards, this one is... This one is probably the easiest one to try to predict. Um, and I'm going to say this because, you know, it for one, defensive stats are, are there, there's a lot of limited uh, ways to count defensive stats, right? Uh, especially when you're just looking at a box score. Now, obviously, they have access to Second Spectrum, uh, which is the leading analytics software partnered with the NBA. So they have access to some more advanced analytics to analyze the defense. But, um, you know, when you're looking at the game, when you're watching the games, the eye test, the the box score stats, those things tell a big story. They paint a big picture. And, you know, Rudy Gobert has won it a lot. You know, um, it says here, uh, having won it three of the last four seasons. You know, so Rudy Gobert, he is at the top of the list. Plus 425. Bam Adebayo's next plus 650, Robert Williams, plus 700, Giannis, plus 900, Draymond Green, plus 1,000. I'm going to scrap Draymond from this one, and people are going to probably boo me. They're probably going to turn the pot off. They're probably going to change 
podcast, go listen to someone else. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Draymond Green is, you know, he's getting older, you know, and yes, his defense, he, I've, I'm the one defense, defending Draymond on the pod. I've defended him a couple of times now, right? I don't think I've bashed Draymond at all, especially after the pool incident. I'm the one telling everyone, I think if they trade Draymond Green, it's a big mistake. So you know where I'm coming from. But what I'm saying is, you know, he's getting older. He needs to also preserve himself for the playoffs. That's the time that matters the most. And, you know, it's it's going to be one of those situations where there's no surprise to me that he is at the bottom of this list from these five guys, right? So the reason I'm scrapping him is because of that. Just compared to these other guys, um, these guys are, you know, a little bit more fresh-legged, right? Um, guys that aren't hated by the media, you know, I, I would say Draymond Green is a loved and hated individual. Like, you either love him or hate him. Uh, doesn't take long. All you have to do is post something on Instagram or Twitter and just let the comments roll in and you'll see. Someone will say they love him. Someone will say they hate him. It's just like, it's the most mixed batch of fans and people on how they feel about Draymond. So all that, you know, the narrative, all that good stuff, especially, I don't know, you know, that whole situation with Jordan Poole, I don't know how that sits in people's minds. And so I'm scrapping Draymond. Um, Giannis is a really good bet. I'm going to tell you this. I'm scrapping Robert Williams off the bat. He's going to miss some time and that's going to hurt him. That's going to hurt him for sure. Because a lot of these other guys are going to play a ton of games like they usually do. And, and they're going to log the stats and they're going to hopefully be more available in that sense. So, you know, I'm scrapping Robert Williams as well. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would bet him, uh, but I don't know that Giannis will will want to... I know he's on a revenge season. I just don't know if if he's going to be rested um, because of Mike Budenholzer that rests Giannis a decent amount during regular season. Giannis goes 110%. He logs ridiculous stats in the amount of time that he plays, and he plays really hard, so... That is a really hard bet. I would say if you're a betting guy and you like betting on sleepers, I would bet Giannis because he's fourth on this list at plus 900, meaning you get more bang for your buck if you bet on him. So anyways, uh, so yeah, but that's not my pick because I'm picking to win, right? I'm not picking for, oh, what do I get? What's more money if I bet less, right? The, the, letter, the less that I can bet to make a little bit, right? So in this term, what I'm trying to say is, you know, the safe bet to me on this five-man list is Bam Adebayo. This is a guy that has been pushing for his case as a defensive player of the year. Um, I, I'm i going to save Bam for last because that's my pick. So Rudy Gobert, I'm scrapping him because he's won him a lot. Um, now, he might shine even more because the Timberwolves are probably going to be a little more relevant than before, um, especially because of that big trade and... And the Jazz got blown up, and uh, Donovan Mitchell had that rift with Rudy Gobert, and and some people hate Rudy Gobert, some people love Rudy Gobert. It's it's another little hate love hate relationship. Social media makes fun of Rudy Gobert. I will say this, and I've said it many times on the pod. Rudy Gobert was a victim of garbage perimeter defense by the guards, by the wings, and he was left cleaning up the mess in Utah. Now. Do I defend Rudy Gobert in terms of offense? No. This guy has zero bag. If he's not under the rim, 
he's not doing anything offensively. But I'm not questioning his defense. He's a paint defender. He can help defend as well, you know, coming from the weak side to block shots. He's a great rebounder. So, you know, he is very important to this Minnesota Timberwolves team, and he's going to shine a lot. But I'll go to Bam Adebayo. So he, Bam Adebayo is my pick. I'm going to play you a clip from the J.J. Redick pod. It's going to be short, probably like 30 seconds, of Bam Adebayo stating his case from last season just so you can get an idea of how he feels about Defensive Player of the Year. Many of them that are phenomenal. Do you feel like you deserve Defensive Player of the Year th- this year? Yeah. Why? I, You know, JJ, you see me play. I legit guard one through five. Like, at any point in time in the game, on the defensive end, I could guard all five players. Every last one of them. And would not bat an eye. Coach just throw me in the fire a couple times. Uh, you know, he'll wait to the fourth and he'll be like, nah, you, you go guard him. Bam's got him. All right. I'm 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 forward. Like I take pride in defense. Like, I take pride in getting stops. That makes me feel great. I feel like I make my teammates better on the defensive end, also. So you heard Bam, you know, stating his case. I I love voting for the guys that they you know they care. They care so much, you know, and you know, all these guys, they care about winning Defensive Player of the Year, but Bam Adebayo's been campaigning for himself for a long time, you know. And the media knows this. They know these things. So that takes into account. It starts to create a narrative. Hey, you know, when are we going to actually uh, put a guy that deserves it, right? Like, obviously, all these guys have deserved the Defensive Player of the Year award for sure. Uh, but they feel like, hey, you know, uh, you know, guy's been slighted for a couple of years. He definitely guards one through five. He anchors Miami Heat's defense. He has made game-winning, game-changing blocks time and time again. Do we have to replay the Jason Tatum block for anyone out there to know how important Bam Adebayo is in that back line, right? He is just so important to this Heat team. The only question about Bam is, is the offensive ability right where's the shot is it here are we gonna see it but even if he doesn't uh show development with the shooting he is a star for the heat uh especially defensively so yeah that's my pick let's move on uh this is getting a little longer than i expected it to be so most improved player right most improved player tyrese halliburton at number one uh anthony edwards then it's jalen brunson Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, right? Uh, Just these are interesting because I think that you could go either way, right? This is, I, I find it hard for Anthony Edwards to win most improved because his stats are already pretty crazy. So it's like, what is he gonna have to do, right? Like his stats are already pretty damn good. So he's going to have to, I don't know, man. He, he'll have to go absolutely insane to, to get that most improved player. Tyrese Halliburton has really good chances to get most improved player. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a tanking team. So he could pad some stats, you know. Uh, this is a guy that can definitely pad some stats on Indiana. So 
Man, I would not be surprised if Tyrese Halliburton wins most improved. Um, you know, but then we have this one. <laughs> Zion Williamson? <laughs> most improved? Holy cow. Dude, like, what? <laughs> that is such a that is such a a crazy factor in voting this one. This to me, this was the hardest to vote. Uh, the most improved because Jalen Brunson to me is going to have a bigger responsibility. He's going to have a big market in New York. And I think that's, what's going to push the narrative for Jalen Brunson. I'm taking Jalen Brunson because of that, because like I said, he has that New York Knicks spotlight. If they actually start winning games, they make the playoffs. The bar is very low because of last season. So Jalen Brunson comes here uh, after getting hella paid right? He gets that big contract. And then all of a sudden the Knicks make the playoffs this season. That could get him a case for most improved player. RJ Barrett to me, meh, you know, the team got deeper. He'll have to really stand out for that to happen. Um, and he's on a team where there's, there's a lot of talent out there. You know, Derek Rose, uh, Julius Randle, if he doesn't get traded, he demands the ball a lot. Jalen Brunson now responsible with the ball. Uh, Obi Toppin's going to catch some lobs. There's going to be just a lot more spread out uh, opportunity for a lot of different guys. So I won't give it to RJ. I'm going to say Jalen Brunson is my pick, although I don't feel good about it because Tyrese Halliburton is such a good player. Smart guy, right place, right time, every time. Makes good passes. He can score. He just knows how to play basketball. Um, He is just... He's super intelligent out there. You got to watch Tyrese Halliburton. The Pacers suck, but they have a lot of fun young talent out there. But my pick is Jalen Brunson because I feel like it's all about narratives and obviously stats. You know, that New York market's really going to push for Jalen Brunson if these guys win a lot of games. So moving on to the next award here, Coach of the Year. We have Steve Kerr at number one, which is odd. Uh, Chris Finch, Taylor Jenkins, Ty Lue, Monty Williams. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with Chris Finch or Taylor Jenkins, Chris Finch is the Minnesota Timberwolves head coach and Taylor Jenkins is the Memphis Grizzlies head coach. I would assume you guys know Ty Lue because, you know, big name, uh, Monty Williams, uh, big name, obviously, uh, coach the Suns, coaches the Suns, uh, Steve Kerr, obviously, you know, everyone knows Steve Kerr, Warriors head coach, but Anyway, so the reason I don't think Steve Kerr will win Coach of the Year is because Coach of the Year is a product of winning a lot of games, and I just, I, I'm down on the Warriors this year in terms of, I don't think that they're going to lock in a one seed or a two seed, you know, I think they're going to sit somewhere in the third seed area, right? I think that's where they're going to hover. Um, I think that, you know, a year older like I've talked about before on pods. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think, um, I think th- I could be wrong. You know, I'm wrong about the Warriors every year. I just want to get that out of the way. I'm never right about this team. So, you know, I could be wrong about that. But, you know, Chris Finch for the Timberwolves. I'm scrapping Chris Finch off the bat. There's no way, um, you know, because the Timberwolves would have to get like home court. Right. And I don't see that. Right? They would have to win a lot of games or make a big leap from last season. Now, last season, you know, playing team, they made the playoffs. But um, I feel like they're just going to be in the same spot. 
because the West is so much better. Yes, they have Rudy Gobert. They might be a better regular season team, but uh, obviously, according to all the calculations and when I did the odds of the over-unders, I just kind of see them in the same spot, right? Not because not because I think less of them, but because I think that the whole West is just harder. Um, you know, guys are coming back. Teams have, have built a little bit more. Uh, guys got better. So, yeah, you know, I'm scrapping Taylor or uh, Chris Finch because of that. So, uh, Taylor Jenkins is an interesting one for Memphis. This one is going to be purely based on, I mean, the the Grizzlies were were a second seed. They would have to replicate that, in my opinion, for Taylor Jenkins to win Coach of the Year. And I am a little bit down on Memphis because I believe in that in that curse of overachieving young team next season, bullseye on your back, more scouting report. Um, maybe guys are not as hungry and think that maybe they're just as hungry, but they, they think that teams will roll over to when they play against them because they had such a good season and a lot of success. Also, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to miss some time because of that foot. So we don't know how that's going to play out. I just don't think they're going to win as many games as they did last season. I think there was a lot of COVID situations. I think there was a lot. They were a great team. I'm not sitting here and, and bashing the Memphis Grizzlies. They're deep. They're great. They're well coached. But I do think there's a lot of factors in also why they had such a high uh, win number last season, right? Now, I could be wrong, and he could win Coach of the Year, but, um, you know, I don't know. Ty Lu is interesting because, you know, if I, I'm looking at the way I'm going about this is the leap from last season, right? Like, what did they do last season, and what could they potentially do this season, obviously? So, Last season, the Clippers were the ninth seed, 42 and 40. That is not going to happen this season. Assuming Kawhi and Paul George are healthy, or even just one of those two, and John Wall can stay healthy, this is a deeper team. They're motivated. They look better. Um, I just think that this team is going to be somewhere along the top three. That's just me, man. I think that this is a team that's going to win a lot of games. They're very deep. They're well-coached. And that's going to make a big case because if you go from nine seed last season to a top three seed, that's a big jump. It's a big case. And you know they love narratives. So Ty Lue's my pick for Coach of the Year. That's just me. Monty Williams, no way in hell he wins Coach of the Year back-to-back. That's just not going to happen. Uh, off the bat, you know, there's tension within the team. Uh, you know, Jay Crowder wants to be traded. There was rumors about him and, and uh, DeAndre Ayton beefing. You know, not talking to each other. Chris Paul might be rested a lot during the season to preserve him for the playoffs. So there's just a lot of red flags that, you know, Robert Sarver selling the team. There's just a lot going on, you know, that would make me think this team is not going to win as many games as last season. Obviously, they were the number one seed. They won 64 games. And there's no way they're even touching 60 this season. That's just me. I don't think that's going to happen. And so, yeah, my pick is Ty Lue. I'm going to go to the sixth man of the year to close out this episode. We have Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, Malcolm Brogdon, Jordan Clarkson, and Bones Highland. Bones Highland, my favorite sixth man in the NBA. Um, I'm not telling you he's better than these guys. I'm just telling you he's my favorite. Uh, I talked about him when I did the reasons why you should watch the team's miniseries. And when I got to the Denver Nuggets, I told a really great story about Bones Highland. If you don't know Bones Highland's story, I highly recommend you go back to that episode and check it out. 
Um, it was the, I believe it was the middle of the pack teams of the West episode um, from that Why You Should Watch series that I was doing. Um, but yeah, so Jordan Clarkson's interesting. I don't think he's going to win it, though. I think that we don't know where he's going to end up, you know, and then he has to readjust to a new structure, a new team, even though his role may be the same as coming off the bench and get buckets. He has to adjust to new teammates, new coaching and things like that. So I think that's going to be a, a big factor in why he wouldn't win it. Malcolm Brogdon, you're banking on a healthy season and playing enough to log the stats and and compete with guys like Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole. I just don't see, you know, people are saying, oh, Malcolm Brogdon, easy pick. Um, no, not at all, because he is an injury prone player and that could easily affect him. So, you know, I wouldn't bet on him right now. Uh, Tyler Hero is interesting. He can definitely win it back-to-back. It's not an award that we haven't seen someone win back-to-back. We've seen a lot of... We've seen a couple of guys, you know, um, uh, just win the award a lot, you know? So it's it's not it's not out of the ordinary if we saw Tyler Hero win back-to-back. So that's interesting. Uh, but I'm going to say this. I don't think Tyler Hero is going to win it back-to-back. I think that Jordan Poole has an amazing narrative behind him as well as he is on a tear. He just got paid. I just got the alert just now as I'm recording uh, that he just signed that contract. Uh, I think it's four years, $140 million, which was expected after you saw the Tyler Hero contract. Uh, they're along the same tier, in my opinion. And so, yeah, you know, my pick is Jordan Poole. I think that he has a lot riding behind him. He, uh, he has all the confidence. He has the greenest of green lights from any of these guys on this list, in my opinion. Uh, there is a pecking order in Golden State, but Jordan Poole has a big, big green light, you know. And if Draymond and Jordan Poole are cool, you know, or if if that's like, if if they've kind of, you know, put it under, put it, I guess, what is it, uh, water under the bridge type thing, right? Like they say, just screw it, you know, we're cool, we're here to win. I could definitely see a big season from Jordan Poole. So that's my guy. Uh, so let me do the rundown here uh, before I end the episode. So coach of the year, Ty Lu. Most improved player, Jalen Brunson, because of the New York market, and they could take a leap, and then that'll play for his narrative. Uh, Defensive player of the year, Bam Adebayo. I think the narrative is there for him. I think that he is a great defender, very important for the Heat. Um, uh, Sixth man of the year, Jordan Poole, like I just talked about. Rookie of the year to me, the sleeper pick. I'm not going to say he is the favorite, but to me, he's the sleeper pick, and I will say that's my guy, Ben Matherin, rookie of the year for me. Uh, MVP to me, Giannis, really hard for me to bet against Giannis. And yeah, those are my picks. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It ran a little longer than I thought. I guess I lied to you guys and said it was going to be a quick one. (laughs) Ran a little longer than I thought, but that's going to do it for this one. I'm going to catch you guys after day one of regular season basketball, which is on Tuesday. And yeah, this is the all things basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.